The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Welcome, everyone, to the weekend edition of the Major Spoilers podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Rodrigo. And the person who's uh, humming back there in the background is, of course, Matthew. Matthew Peterson. That's right. I like my women shaken but not stirred. <laughs> well, at least you didn't say I like my babies shaken and not stirred. So. <laughs> You're sick bastard. We had so I'll much. I'll get you, gold nipple. <laughs> we had so much response from last week's uh, look at John Carpenter's movies that someone suggested John. we ought to take a look at some other film franchises, specifically the James Bond film. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. None of us know everything about James Bond, but we know just enough to talk about what we like, what we don't like, what are some trivial moments, some of these kinds of things that we thought we'd spend a little bit of time this week talking about James Bond. Who is James Bond? Well, of course, he's a secret agent. Man. Man. That works on Her Majesty's Secret Service in a series of books by Ian Fleming. Uh, Takes him all over the world. confused with Sirius Fleming. Yes, or be conf- confused with that phlegm that I coughed up last night. Uh, and you had to go there. You know what's really Thanks interesting? You know what's really interesting about Ian Fleming is he died in 1960, which was pretty much at the height of the right around the height of the Cold War. At least it was certainly well underway. Uh, but the first film, Doctor No, didn't occur until 1962, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the things that we see taking place in some of the novels are things that are taking place immediately following World War II and leading up through the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really interesting to see when we look at Dr. No, which is the first film in the series, that it takes place in the 60s and that it takes place in Jamaica, one of Ian Fleming's most favorite places in the world. That's where he said a lot of the stories. He even had a, he has a house and a state still in, in the uh, Bahamas and Jamaica. That uh, is it Bahamas or Jamaica? I forget which one. I think it's Aruba. Jamaica. Jamaica. And so it's... No, she went of her own accord. Okay. Uh, So it's it's just really interesting to see all this stuff take place really essentially after he's gone. Most of these Mm -hmm. movies, with the exception of uh, Dr. No, take place, well, Russia with Love in 63, Goldfinger in 64, and if he died in 64, he may or may not have seen that, but I don't know. I don't... You said he died in 1960. 64 is when he died. So he probably saw the first couple. Probably saw the first one, maybe the second one. So See, now if, when, if we're looking but it depends at them, on mental, you know, kind of things like well, that. Well when when James when the when Doctor No came out, was it well received where people were like, Oh snap, son? Well, I don't know how yep. I'm sure it was well well received. We'll look at box office grosses. And again, nineteen sixty two dollars. This is actually astounding. Cost one point two million dollars to make mm-hmm. in nineteen sixty two. Earned, and I'm guessing this is total box office worldwide, fifty nine, essentially sixty million dollars. So mm-hmm. I would say that that's pretty successful. Oh yeah, that's huge. Making that much more, and of course, a lot of people have been reading the James Bond stories. A lot of excerpts from the stories would appear in Playboy magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, because people read it for the articles. Of course. And for the longest <coughs> time, actually, Playboy did have some really great um, short stories in there. Yeah, some really great short stories in there. Um, 
So James Bond, let, let's go around and just kind of talk about what is your attraction to that character, Rodrigo? Um, well, he's just first so off, handsome. I just love him. First off, um, you know the the James Bond. Most of the James Bond movies were were put together by the same creative team as Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No way. Yes way. I was not actually. That's where they got the idea for a car full of gadgets. Dumb. Um, <laughs> I was actually surprised when because my dad was like ah oh, chitty chitty bang bang i remember watching this and like he bought it for us when we were kids and i remember like looking at him like like reaching over and like grabbing uh i don't know what which which one was that he had the one with the sharks in the tank like and oh that is i think that's thunderball yeah it might have been yeah and it like listing the same credits for both of them right right and i'm like wow that's kind of amazing um what i've always kind of like what I like about James Bond is actually that he's a lot of different guys that you can have the James Bond that you like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the James Bond that you were introduced to the James Bond that you don't like. Right. Um, I like that weird legacy and that they're all the same character. It's kind of like, you know, the doctor in a way, mm-hmm. um, except clearly they, they couldn't quite loop that in. Right, in the same right, way. Right. So you, every time you sit down to watch a, <laughs> could you imagine if James Bond was a Time Lord? That would explain well, clearly, so much. Clearly, he is. <laughs> um, that explains why he keeps traveling to uh, Victorian era England and having adventures there. Yes, exactly. Because they have that one set. But um, <laughs> you know, every time you sit down to watch a James Bond movie, you are kind of subconsciously, like retconning a lot of things and like deciding what part of James Bond mythology you are going to accept for this movie. Right. Is Pierce Brosnan the same character as Sean Connery? Right. Um, yes or no. Obviously. No. Yes or doctor. No. Right. <laughs> um, it, you know, I mean, you kind of have to do that exercise and that's weird. You don't see that in a lot of franchises. Mm-hmm. And and to me that's fascinating about James Bond and, and, and James Bond movies. Okay. Matthew also all the boobies. Well that too. Matthew? Boobies are good. My introduction to James Bond was a cartoon series in the nineties called James Bond Junior. James really? Bond Junior. All the way in the nineties you had not been introduced to James Bond? Yep. Well I I was aware of the existence of James Bond, but he didn't have a cape or boobies. So, you know, I didn't immediately. But if you'll recall, James Bond Jr. had that really great theme song where he's like, James Bond Jr. chases scum around, around the, the world. world. You see where I, Rodrigo's with me. <laughs> and that led me to actually picking up a couple of uh, 003 and a half kids novels at a, a yard sale. It's mm-hmm. apparently supposed to be at the nephew of James Bond which led me into seeing a couple of the Bond movies. For me, James Bond is all about attitude. I, a lot of times, because I've seen so many of the movies in like a TBS marathon, right, right, yeah. that for me, they all just kind of blend into one giant, seamless James Bond story, but every one of them has their little moment. I remember Honey Ryder stepping out of the water and going, ha, 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 <laughs> which I'm sure is from Dr. No. Because it was parodied in a comic book with a character called Dr. Yes. So that I know. Yeah, Ursula Andres Andres coming out of the water and Dr. No is... Hubba, hubba, zoot, zoot. 
Yeah. I remember yeah. Um, Emma Peel dying at the beginning of In Her Majesty's Secret Service. I, you know, I remember the Baccarat game. I remember, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I remember Kojak as Blofeld. Right. Which strikes with me. And uh, I also remember the explanation of Octopussy. Right. My grandmother was highly pissed <laughs> when we wanted to see a movie called Octopussy. Yeah. Uh, that, that did not fly at Grandma's World. But uh, the best part about that is that the th- is is the theme song to it where it just keeps saying it's my octopusy over and over again right 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 that's funny i mean bits and pieces of it i remember more the whole brouhaha about pierce brosnan taking over for timothy uh Dalton. Larkin. yeah that'll work so i i i think of him as iron man because of alex ross damn you alex ross <laughs> but um i remember you know, bits and pieces of it from a cultural perspective, sort of an outsider's perspective. Right. Yet I don't think I've ever sat down to a James Bond movie and been bored. Oh, no, the they're certainly not boring. Where he's, he's driving through Thailand in that AMC Pacer or whatever. Yeah. And he ends up jumping over the river with Archie Bunker in the car. I don't even remember. The no, character right. reminds me of Buford T. Justice. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the thingy. It's I can't remember because I remember the design of the car and I remember the big flippy dippy over the big twisty well, I think, bridge that's broken. Yeah, I, it's been a while since I remember I've the, seen the seen flying that one. car. Scaramanga, who is actually played by General Zod, I think. Mm-hmm. No, 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 he's played by uh, Dracula, Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. I always kind of get Christopher Lee mixed up with the other guy, but where he goes away and he flies away in his flying car. Bond to me is always going to be about interesting gadgets and punny names mm-hmm. and boobies. There's a there's a sequence in the Black Dossier where they can't call him James Bond, of right. course. Yeah, but Alan Alan Quatermain is fighting Jimmy, who's an agent of the Secret Service, and Jimmy doesn't like to. He's this inveterate, you know, misogynist and rapist and hateful creature, and. Uh, Jimmy's using all these special gadgets that basically allow him to stab people. <laughs> I like the fact that if you've ever read the books, Bond is a horrible character. Oh, of course he is. He's I a think- lot less approachable in the books. He's a lot more of a, you know, a, a jingoistic killer kind of yeah. character. And that's kind of one of the things that when they had the Daniel Craig I don't want to say reboot of James Bond, but when they started going back to Casino Royale and and Quantum of Solace, some of these earlier stories from the James Bond mythos, they do portray James Bond as someone who is not the waking up in the arms of every woman, although he does sleep around Mm -hmm. in in, um, uh, Casino Royale. It's really with, I think, only two women in that, because the yeah. first one he meets at the, the casino, who is the um, the mistress of one of the bad guys, and mm-hmm. she gets killed. And then it's the um, the woman, the other Secret Service agent, double agent, that he falls in love with and marries, and she gets killed. And that's when Quantum Solace, he just is all, I'm killing people, and I don't give a crap. And so that's kind of an appeal uh, for James Bond. See, well, I've he, never seen the new version of Casino Royale. Yeah, I think, Royale. you know what, I think you would really like Casino Royale. Not the not the funny uh, Peter I Sellers the funny. version. Uh, the, with Marty Feldman getting yeah, to play yeah. James Bond. Yeah, I yeah. loved that. Yeah. 
Uh, but I think you'd really like Casino Royale. My wife really likes it. She hates it now that I watch it every time it comes on HBO uh-huh. but uh, or Cinemax. But I, I there's just something about that movie when it or for really any James Bond movie. When I'm flipping through mm-hmm. the dial, if I hit a James Bond movie, there's something that compels me to sit and watch it. The and I, power and I, of M compels you. Well, I think it's actually more the power of my dad compels me because back in the 1980s, uh, late seven, well, really the 80s, when we only had three, four ch- television channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, and uh, PBS, uh, they used to have the ABC Sunday night movie. And every time in the wintertime, right around between Thanksgiving and maybe mid-February, they would run on that every so often. They would run a lot of James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. And I was always one of these things where you're trapped in a house, there's lots of snow, you're out in the country, there's not a lot to do, the fireplace is in the same room as the television. If you wanted to stay warm in the house where my parents kept it perpetually 65 degrees during the wintertime, <laughs> you would sit in that room with the television, you'd watch whatever was on, and my dad was a big fan of James Bond. And so every time there was a James Bond movie that came on, we sat and watched it. And there was just something fascinating, and the, the ones that I remember the most are the early ones, uh, being, um, well, it really wasn't early in, in sense of being released, but Dr. No, uh, Goldfinger and Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Those are the three that I Gold remember the most. Finger! <laughs> and by the time I was old enough to really remember what the names of these movies were, it was always Honor Majesty's Secret Service that kept coming up. And I was like, well, who is this guy? Because he's not the James Bond from those mm-hmm. other two films. Who is this, this guy? And I just love, I just loved Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So I think it was more my dad kind of, let's watch James Bond. Let's just watch James Bond. And he would kind of joke about the credits at the beginning. And I would never really pay attention to those because as a 10 year old or something, you're really not concerned with these weird shapes, weird shapes and things moving around. I always thought it was cool that you heard the walking and the turning and the shooting Mm -hmm. of the gun. And that became very much a staple. But I didn't really pay attention to all these other openings until my dad was joking about it one day. And my mom said, the only reason you watch those James Bond movies is because they have naked women at the beginning. And then I was like, what? Naked women? And then the creative thing about the James Bond films is all all of these openings, these early ones, had like women jumping in slow motion. And they'd be, in today's terms, they would be like track matted or they Mm. would be um, uh, a transfer mode in After After Effects with something else in the background. So it's more like silhouettes moving over like a water background. So it was kind of hard to make it out. Mm. But then you start looking, you're right. These are naked women jumping around in slow motion or like in uh, Goldfinger, it's this naked woman's painted gold body or naked Mm -hmm. women's painted gold bodies that they're moving in and out of the scene. And you're like, wow, that's really fascinating. Yep. Nowadays, you look at it, that's fascinating from the technical and creative achievement. But as a 10 year old, you're like, I think I saw a nipple. Nice. You know, kind of thing. And so that's kind of a fascination with me. And then when you hear of a title called Octopussy, you're like, what's this? Yeah. And now. (laughs) and then that came out in like 83 and I remember being on vacation and being bored to death it's one of these family vacations that I was forced to go on like a baton death march every summer (laughs) and uh, and yes I would lose I would lose about 20 pounds during that but I remember being in a store and just saying I need something to do I'm tired of reading Huck Finn and I'm tired of reading you know Little Women again and again and again and again I'm tired of going to the B. Dalton (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Steven lives in the 90s because he grew up in the 1950s. <laughs> well, you know, I've got a different story about that, but we could talk about that another time. Um, 
But I remember seeing a Marvel comic book adaptation of James Bond, Octopussy. And I was like, well, there's no way I'm ever going to see this in the movie. Mom and dad, please, 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 please. Can we spend five dollars or two fifty or whatever it was on this comic book? And it was an oversized magazine sized comic book adaptation of Octopussy. And I read that thing from cover to cover for the rest of that road trip, two weeks and getting home. The thing was falling apart. Mm -hmm. That's how many times I read it and just thought it was a fascinating story. And uh, then I fell into kind of Matthew, like you, the TBS, um, you know, marathons. And then when I was able to afford DVDs, I've been amassing my favorite movies on DVD. But by far, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, George Lazenby, and I think it's because he he's able to be with these fantastic women. He's able to thwart this this evil man who wants to take over the world, and he wants to, uh, you know, use guns and gadgets. And I think there's some kind of appeal. About that for people. Do you guys have a favorite James Bond movie? I think for me, um, definitely uh, Casino Royale. The the newer one, Um, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I I came into James Bond through Pierce Brosnan's stuff. So I like GoldenEye a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I saw Casino Royale, I was like, this is what I want. This is what I want out of a James Bond. I Mm -hmm. want something grittier. I want something where the gadgets are more toned down. Right. Um, and I, my brother is the exact opposite. He likes the like very sophisticated, crazy gadgets that, you know, why, why don't you just actually get a, a, a tube of explosives? Why does it have <laughs> yeah. to be hidden as this thing? Right. Um, but for me, that was like, oh yeah, this is what I want. This is what I want to see out of a James Bond movie. You know, for me, James Bond was always kind of like, I, I like the whole mythos around James Bond. But mm-hmm. when I actually sat down to watch the movies, I was like, you know, he's this close to being, um, a, you know, a, a superhero. He has mm-hmm. like gadgets, and he has a supervillain, but he's still kind of a guy, and that. <gasps> And the lack of dinosaurs kind of always kept me <laughs> from taking that step and really, really getting into James Bond. So for me, when they actually just retracted that and, and went into it was like, okay, no, he's totally really just a guy with a cool gun. And sometimes, you know, he has cool things in his car. Um, and he chases a guy through a construction site for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That's really what made me kind of get back into James Bond. Yeah. Matthew, what's Jimmy your favorite? Bondy. What's your favorite? My favorite James Bond film? Mm-hmm. You won't let me pick the original Casino Royale. Well, you know, it's technically because it's played up as it's farce. It's not canon! It's, it's played up as farce. It came out in oh... What year? Oh, there's a television version of... Uh, of uh, Casino Royale, the David Niven one came out in '67, and I don't think it—it's really supposed to be part of the continuity of James Bond. But if if you want to do it, I mean, it certainly has a 007 figure, and it certainly has uh, uh, Bond if, if I have Sir to James choose one Bond. Of the official canonical. Well, no, no, movies. we can count this one. We can count this one, and, no, and tell me why no, you like it. No, no, I actually—he <laughs> actually doesn't like it. He's just messing with you. I I like it fine. It's not my favorite. My favorite is still on Her Majesty's Secret Service really? okay. because it does it does three things that I love. Gets him married. Yes. 
which puts him in a weird situation. Right. It features uh, Dame Diana Rigg, who is one of the most beautiful women, even now that she's 100. <laughs> one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. I just look at her and I go, I love you, Dame Diana. And it has that really wonderful moment at the beginning where Bond has been beaten up and thrown out of a moving car. And he looks at the camera and he says, this never happened to the other guy. And, you know, that was, I think, one of the things that audiences didn't like about George Lazenby in that in that role. First of all, his all his lines were overdubbed by somebody else. Uh, yeah. George Baker, I think, is who the person was. And the fact George that George Baker he, was the sixth doctor, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa. And then he also broke that fourth wall with the audience that I think turned a lot of people off. Still, though, when you compare the money in today's money, it's still made worldwide over five hundred million dollars in today's money. And in uh, in the time in the nineteen sixty nine money, it only made eighty seven million, which was quite a bit less than You Only Live Twice, which made one hundred and eleven million. And so he was only in. People thought he looked the part. I think he still is one of the best looking Bonds. Uh, but they just didn't think that he delivered his lines correctly, which, you know, when you find out that it was done by somebody else, it makes you go, hey, wait a minute. No wonder he didn't deliver the lines like people thought. Hmm. Uh, I think my top three Bond movies, if I had to do it, would be on Her Majesty's Secret Service because it's got Blofeld, Telly Savalas gunning down James Bond's wife at the end in a drive-by. Um, Dr. No would be number two. Just because of the whole, you know, that is a movie that there's not a lot of gadgets in. This was not a gadgetized James Bond. He had a radioactive reading watch and a, watch. and a gun, a Geiger watch, and that was it. Uh, and then the new Casino Royale. I really like that one a lot. Good. And you talk about the intro. Um, the walking gun part or the whole naked ladies part or the, just the, the, the whole, whole intro. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, it did something different with those. And it, and it made it very, to, you know, in the... When we look back at like the the year two thousand and 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 this whole epoch, mm-hmm. like that whole like hyper, um, like very clean silhouette look, right, is going to be what people parody in the future. Mm-hmm. Like the girl who goes Ooh, and then pulls the shade down, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> Video toaster, exactly. Um, it'll be that kind of thing, but it's 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 very cool. They do a lot of interesting things with it, and like previous, like the whole Pierce Brosnan run, I found. All of those interests to be kind of uninspired. You look at the older ones; mm-hmm. they're a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. And then that whole like three or four movies. How many movies did he do? Four. Who? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan did. He did yeah, I four. Think he did mm-hmm. four movies and a video game. Tomorrow never dies. The world is not enough. And live another day. Right. Um, oh, and and uh, die another day. Die sorry. another day. Um. And those were all kind of like meh, but I really, really like the intro to Casino Royale. Yeah, that is a. You know, when you talk motion graphics mm-hmm. and intros, that is a stunning intro and in how Good they do song. particle effects. Well, and that's another thing. All the songs that we have in the James Bond films are very memorable. Mm-hmm. They're done by some big name celebrities. I mean, uh, Live and Let Die. Who could forget Paul McCartney and Wings yep. doing Live and Let Die? Did you ever hear the story behind that? Uh-uh. Um my dad has this uh, this Wings video, and he's kind of, like, talking about it. And he said that they were like, okay, Paul McCartney, do the theme to James Bond. And he's like, okay, awesome. All right, here it is. <laughs> they were like, okay, great. Where's the rest of it? So then he went back and wrote the more memorable part of Live and Let Right, Die right, right. Because they were like, okay. Yeah, we need something in yeah, here. We yeah, need, we need something with a little bit more punch. 
And then who did, Matthew, do you remember who did the song for your eyes only? Was that Diana Ross? Sheena Easton. Sheena Easton. Okay. Which one? Did Diana Ross do one of the songs? I'm pretty sure she did. I don't know. Did she do Goldfinger? Goldfinger. I'd have to, I'm going to try to look here. Um, Matthew, have you, have you ever read any besides the 003 and a half comic books? Have you read any of the other James Bond comic books? Those weren't comics. Those were uh, children's novels. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Large not really. Point. I started to kind of, sort of, maybe not exactly, maybe no. Okay. All right. Well, it was Shirley. I, Shirley I have Basie. read bits and pieces of several. Okay. Shirley Basie sang the, the theme to Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I had to say it. No, no, that's all right. But Moonraker. 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 That's another. That's another Shirley thing. Basie. All let's see. Shirley Basie also sang the uh, the Diamonds Are Forever song. What were you going to say, Rodrigo? Such great titles for these. Oh yeah, they're all from, double entendres and from Russia with love, like just fantastic. Right, right. Thunderball. Right. Doctor No. Moonraker. The spy Moon, who loved me. Moonwalker. <laughs> That's the one where 007 is a giant rabbit for most of the movie. <laughs> and then he turns into a spaceship at the end. Carly Simon did the uh, Spy Who Loved Me theme song. It's the just their Spy Who Loved Me. Baby, you're the best. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't looking. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew. Or something with something. That suddenly he I turns don't into know Ethel Merman. Limits. I don't think Ethel Merman ever sang any of the theme songs. I believe Ethel Merman did the... Uh, <laughs> I'm not mistaken. Uh, she sang Quantum of Solace, which went, Quantum of Solace! 20, 22 James Bond films that are the Eon films. Of course, there were a bunch of non-Eon film movies based on James Bond, as we mentioned, Casino Royale. Does that the, count, uh, Never Say Never Again? That includes, and I wanted to get to that, Never Say Never Again. So Sean Connery left in 19 after 1967 as the role of James Bond after five films. Very popular. He came back in Diamonds Are Forever after audiences kind of panned George Lazenby. And then they kicked into Roger Moore, which kind of, in my mind, kicked off a a lighthearted James Bond where there were more gags and more gimmicks than there was a real story going on. And I know some people are going to say, Hey, Hey, wait a minute. You're talking about Roger Moore, one of the greatest James Bonds of all time. And that may be fine. Well, and I think you can still see Roger Moore, like Roger Moore's portrayal of James right, Bond. Right. Up until Pierce Brosnan. I mean, right. there's, there's still that. You can. Yes. And I can still see, can yes, see I can still see him, but in even, even the Connery movies, there's that sort of, yeah. uh, you know, uh, her name's Oodles, Oodles O'Quim. Right. You know, it's there. It's not as smarmy is mm -hmm. probably the word we're looking for because, you know, Roger Moore, Roger Moore talks like this and everything right, right. he says comes out like a naughty joke at a gentleman's club. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Quite so. <laughs> so Casino, <laughs> Casino Royale came out in 1967 with David Niven as Sir James Bond. Uh, Never Say Never Again was the Sean Connery's return to the role and it was produced by, gosh, who who did that? Was that... Was that Cubby? Cubby? Well, it was not a, an, an authorized... United Artists and Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer are the ones that did that film. 
and it was really not supposed to be James Bond uh, in it. Um, you know, there were a lot of yes, it's James Bond, but they didn't have like Q wasn't or uh, M was not in. I forget which of the main characters was not in it. Mm. It was just very Bunny much. Penny was, I believe. Yeah. And what the, they had, if I understand it correctly, what they had was the rights to Thunderball. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they remade Thunderball as Never Say Never Again. And I, I want to say that because of, because of the way the rights thing went, something that one of the guys from, if I'm not mistaken, one of the guys from Eon split from the company or split from his partner. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the way this book works, it kind of throws things off in that it references Spectre. Mm-hmm. And it references, I want to say, it, it creates like a timeline issue somewhere along the line. Well, the fact it that cannot, it's, it's it showing a very old. Yeah, the fact that it's showing a very old 007 who's making jokes about how he can't keep doing this and... uh I'm getting too old for this. Well, it wasn't quite as bad as uh, Harrison Ford. Never and... say never again. Yeah. But there's a sort of a and Is Blofeld in Never Say Never Again? No. This Are is the. Sure? Oh, come on. This was in. I'm pretty sure. Well, no, he was still alive in 83, but I was pretty sure Telly Savalas was. Telly Savalas didn't play Blofeld all the time. No, no, no. Donald, I mean, Donald Pleasance also played Blofeld. Uh, this is the one that had Kim Basinger in it. Um, it's Basinger. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it has Blofeld in it. He's not the main bad guy. He's not the one taking over the world. But Blofeld is in it. At the beginning? And I think... <laughs> and Largo is in it. Yeah, Maximilian Largo is the uh, is the main main villain. Scorpio. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I also like whichever movie uh, where Blofeld is Doctor Claw. Ah, uh, what is that one? That's where he's in the uh, the chair. After you never see his face again, you only start seeing the. Uh, the cat. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Yes. Do you have any villains that you remember the most? Blofeld is the one that sticks in my head. You remember the remember the Seven Up guy? Remember the Seven Up guy when he played the villain? Papa Shango or Papa Baron Samidi, whoever that was, sticks in my head. The one who put the voodoo hex on Roger Moore. Um, really the villains aren't the point. Scaramanga was very memorable in a 1970s leisure suit sort of way. <laughs> Wasn't Terry Gilliam, not Terry Gilliam, the guy who Terry Gilliam always casts, what's his name? Eric Idle? No. Oh, John Cleese, John he plays, Cleese. he plays. No, no, uh, no, 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 Do you, have you seen Brazil? Yes. You know, yes. the main, the lead character from yes. Brazil? Was mm-hmm. he ever a James Bond villain or am I just totally getting this confused? I don't think so. Okay. Who's the, Bruce. okay, you know that crazy, like, the newspaper villain from... Oh, in the, um... Tomorrow's Not Enough? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, is yeah. that what it's called? That may the be world it. is not enough. World is not enough. Yeah, the world is not enough. Tomorrow never dies. Yeah, uh, you know, I got to be honest. I, I don't think tomorrow. I watched any of the Pierce Brosnan stuff. Oh. I think in that one they try to you kill him by paper cuts. They just have a lot of newspapers flying around. They're like, "I will lower you into these newspapers, and you will die from paper cuts." James yeah, yeah, Bond. Yeah, probably not. Um, I think the henchmen are. And oh lot, yeah, are, are the most yeah. memorable villains a lot of the time. You know, odd job, odd job is great. Job. Jaws, random task. Show them what you do. Um. Well, you're mentioning villains. Let me go back and find my villains list really quick. There's Blofeld and Largo. There's um the girl. There's Octopussy. There's well, you gotta lurch. you gotta like it that in uh, Live and Let Die. <laughs> you you gotta Jaws. like it that in Live and Let Die. You've got Mister Big is the primary villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Who's Mister Big? He's the bad guy. Mister Big is the one that's played by um, oh, Sydney San, San, San Monique. I think is Doctor Kananga. Um, from the uh, he's played by Yafet Koto. So if you know who that is, Yafet Koto. Jonathan um, Price. Okay. He's trying to think of Rodrigo just a minute ago was trying to think of Jonathan Price. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He was in part and of Jonathan the Price was in one of the Pierce Brosnan films. Okay. I'm sure of it now. I mostly remember him as the spokesperson for Infinity. Automobiles with luxury. <laughs> okay. I'm British. I'm fr- Hello, I'm English. Hello. Soon I'll be in a Harry Potter film, as all Hello. English people Hi. contractually must be. Yeah, Blofeld was actually in, let's see how many films he was in. Hello, Dan Blofeld Hunter. was in Thunderball. Thunderball. He, Thunderball. He was in You Only Live Twice. He was in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. He was in Diamonds Are Forever. He uh, was in Never Say Never Again. For Your Eyes Only. Never Say Never Again. All right, you say so. Um, I haven't got that far down my list. Blofeld is really the Doctor Doom character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mickey, played by Max von Sydow in that, in that Never Say Never. <laughs> Do you know, in that... I, I had forgotten this. I'm going down the villains, and you get to these non-Eon Bond films, and you get to Casino Royale, the one with the David Niven. Orson Welles played La Chief Wow. in that uh-huh. film. Everybody was in that film. David Niven was in that film, Peter Sellers, Marty Feldman. It was apparently a film that people had a lot of fun making. Oh, yeah. Channel 41 used to air that all the time when I was a kid. Uh, Let me run down the list of some famous women who have played uh, love interest or women in the uh, James Bond film. Ursula Andress, of course. Um, Joanna Lumley from Absolutely Fabulous. As you saw... um, What's her name from Honor Majesty's Secret? Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg. Jill St. John. Yeah. Um, Mont St. Michel. <laughs> Barbara Bach. Vanity. Barbara Bark, yeah. Didn't uh, Vanity play one? Or? She was, I think, the villain in uh, Never Say Never Again. There's uh, one Tanya Bond Roberts, Grace Jones. Um, Which was one was her? a transsexual? <laughs> that would probably be Grace Jones in A View to a Kill. No, there was actually a woman who appeared as a Bond girl who was not a woman by birth. I don't know. 
Okay. Jane Seymour, you're the one that read the book on all the James Bond trivia facts. Jane Seymour, this Maude is Adams, why I know this. Tanya Roberts. Who who was it then? Indeed. Um, Denise Richards. Um, oh yeah, Denise Richards as Doctor Christmas Jones. Terry Hatcher. Worst. Uh, Honor Blackman. Halle Berry, of course. Honor Blackman. I love Honor Blackman. Okay. Yeah, she was pussy galore. Yes. And those are even great names too. Uh, that is that is by far the most overt one. Well, yes, yes. Like even octopusy is not as bad. Oh, what about Chumi? Come on, no, no. Pussy galore is still worse because then they're not even trying. Bone. What about what about Holly Goodhead? That's a good one. Xenia um, on a top. <laughs> Doctor Warm Flash, come on! Strawberry Fields, Strawberry Fields. Ivanova. Uh, Gesundheit. Yes, Strawberry Fields. That's a good one too. Jenny Fanky Jansen. Like yeah, she was Zinyana Top. Oh. Oh boy, uh, is there anything that you hate about James Bond? Yep. What? The overt sexism in so much of the stories. But he's a man. Uh, what, he's are, a what, are we, man. what are we going to do? What I'm going to do is I'm going to seduce that pretty girl over there. And when she says no 27 times, that means yes. You know, there there is a point where Bond is a subtle sort of machismo, mm-hmm. sort of an understated. And Roger Moore is the one that I think of when I think of this, really. Sort of an understated sort of, I'm, I'm a man and I'll do whatever I want to you and then you'll deal with it and you'll love me afterwards. You know, it, there are definitely some, what's the word I'm looking for? Less than PC elements to the story. So, well, I mean, you also it's, have it's to think about like, the time that they were written and the time that the movies well, were released. I was about to say that Mr. Stands Up for Things That He Likes and Nothing That Anybody Else Likes. No, I'm just saying that you, that's one of the things Mr. you have to take Devil's into account. Devil's Advocate, Mr. Beatnik, <laughs> Mr. Hippie, <laughs> Mr. Communist. Anyway, I feel better now. Whatever. I swear there was a Bond girl who was a transsexual. I'm going to have to go wiki this. Hang on. Transsexual Bond girl. Oh, <laughs> this is gonna talk what amongst what yourselves. Is, what do you hate about the James Bond experience? Um, I, I for me, it, James Bond, like I said, always kind of existed in this gray area between, like, the they, like, here's my disbelief, and I would put it on a pulley and 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 suspend it, right? And they would jump up and down on it over and over and over and over and over and over and, over and, and the movies you know there's he's so cool and so suave and all this cool right. stuff is happening and there's all these sexy girls so i want to stay in it but they're still jumping on it right, it's right like right. and now this crazy thing's gonna happen now there's even crazier things gonna happen now he's riding on a shark right now he's right. you know now there's a laser you know like just ridiculous things mm-hmm. and progressively more ridiculous things as each movie goes on and I'm just like, uh, I don't care enough about this character to actually continue paying attention. All right. So the answer, Matthew, Snopes. that you're looking Dot for, com. the answer you're looking for is Tula, the transsexual Bond girl, 
in for your eyes only. Yes. Snopes.com has this as an urban legend, and it is, in fact, true. Although she wasn't so much a Bond girl, necessarily. Yeah, it's just a passerby. She was, yeah, she was one of those passing chickies in for your eyes only. She actually looks quite good. Yep, I'd agree. Um, the thing that I don't like about the James Bond films is when, again, they started relying too much on the gadgets in the film and the silly tech, you know, let's make this little tiny jet that flies, you know, all over the place and pops out of the back of a car or something like that. <coughs> that's that's to me when it, when it gets a little silly, I like my, my spy thriller stuff based somewhat in, in reality. And that's why I you think want it Dr. more no, like Batman where it's more realistic. No, no, no. I didn't say that. I said, I, I like my technology more realistic in things like Dr. No, where there is no technology except for here's a briefcase. Here's where the hidden knife is. Here's where this is, which was re- actually based on a lot of the spy stuff of the time period. Spy stuff of the time period. Yes. There's spy actually a really good, I think it's a discovery channel uh, episode where they actually go into the science of James Bond and they talk oh. about, you know, here are some actual stuff that Ian Fleming based a lot of his technology on or things that Ian Fleming wrote about that later became a real product. But we don't see laser wrist watches that are cutting through, mm-hmm. you know, handcuffs when you're chained to a the side of a castle wall or things like that. Or or in Octopussy, was it Octopussy when they had the uh, the alligator submarine? I can't remember which one it was. But, Let's you know, say yes. You know, those kinds of things are the things that I don't like about James Bond. And, and unfortunately, a lot of that stuff occurred when Roger Moore was playing the character all of those years. And it's just maybe maybe that's why I don't like him as a character, because that's when things got to me a little silly for James yeah. Bond. So Silly Bond. But silly again, Bond. the good thing about James Bond is that you can pick and choose your James that's Bond. That's right. That that's is true. right. All right, everybody. I don't hopefully. like the fourth James Bond, as I found <laughs> his long scarf to be disbelievable. But the fifth James Bond, now he was awesome. Yeah, you're totally wrong there, man. Not every James Bond can pull off a decorative vegetable. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hopefully, this uh, discussion has prompted you to th- start thinking about your favorite James Bond. Head over to the Majorspoilers.com website and talk about it there. Or even better, go over to the Major Spoilers forums. And I'm sure there will be a forum there very soon talking about James Bond. Maybe someone will even create a forum called James Bond from the beginning, in which they will watch every movie from the beginning, <laughs> even the ones that James are non-canonical. Bond Jr. chases scum around the world. Around the world. And uh, move on from there. Until next time, though, boy, let's see. Are you here on Tuesday, Rodrigo, or are you no. out of town? So Rodrigo is leaving us for a couple of weeks. Because yep. he's going on vacation. He's taking his annual pilgrimage home. That's right. He's going to hang with a lot of people. He's yep. going to get a lot of really cool gifts. Yep. And, uh, well, Rodrigo, we hope then that you have a safe and wonderful holiday season. Hey, thanks. Now, if you do need to get your Rodrigo well, fix, I should point out that we still have Critical Hit. That's right. Now, those aren't recorded live. I hope people understand that. I oh, mean, they're God, not recorded no. live day of release kind of things. Well, we've got stuff. No, they're recorded live <laughs> because we're not dead yet. Right. They're not contrary recorded. to what emergency room physicians seem to think. They're not recorded day of. Uh, so we do have some Rodrigo still in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. But Rodrigo, we will see you back really soon. Word. Mm. Oh, so you're not going to be here for Squadron Supreme? Um, I can. I'll probably like most of the weeks when we do something. Uh, a, a trade paperback that big. I'll phone it in. Okay. All right. 
You do that. <laughs> so it'll be like every week, Rodrigo's <laughs> phoning it in, ladles and jelly spoons. And I'm sure Matthew and I will have some interesting discussions between now and Christmas. And then, of course. Oh, hell, uh, I phone it in every week. So. And then, of course, some uh, end of the year kind of stuff that we want you to certainly head over to the Major Spoilers Forum and look for the uh, tag called Best of 2009 because we'll be talking about that in a future episode, too. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you real soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Stark Raven reads like a man of iron. Might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler! Whoa, 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 whoa! What a major spoiler! Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.